He was, for many years, uh, the dean of this cathedral and uh, undertook the period of analytic training, remains an ordained priest, but is also a practicing human analyst, director of the Broadacre Center, particularly focusing on the relationship between uh, psyche and spirit, psychology and spirituality. And his topic, as always, will be provocative to us, Reverend Pittman McGee. that 
sagacious question, are we? Human beings trying to become spiritual, or are we spiritual beings trying to become human? I bet my life on the second. And part of becoming human is to enter into the world and occupy a space that's been given to you, and you can do so in no other way than with your body. I've been a priest of the church near 30 years. I'm listening to the plaintiff say, I've been a clinician for 10 years, and I've never had a soul come into my office without a body. I don't know the difference between the body and soul, and neither do they. Ida Roth says, the body is the psyche in three dimensions. And you would ask me, well, how did we get here to this place that we are so concerned about, suspicious of, antagonistic toward, and paranoid about our bodies? Why do our bodies carry such shame? Why do our bodies carry such embarrassment? Why are we so competitive about the form and shape of our bodies? Why are we afraid of our bodies? Another a sip of wine. I don't know, but I think an esoteric third century Persian prophet had a lot more to do with this than anybody realizes. Many, Manus. Hmm. He was the one who began the Manichaean. Mm -hmm. Plus, 
overflowing abundance of testosterone, which haunted him his entire life. The first half of which he sowed seeds on the continent, the second half he inseminated mind. Augustine was concerned about matter, material, and with his own material complex of a mother that he both wanted to please and despise for the power she held over as well as the influence of menace, he began to develop the sense that nature was bad. And that spirit has run through our system ever since. Uh, we not only see it in the doctrine of Augustinian Christianity, but we find it on the lips of Catherine Hepburn in the African home when Humphrey Bogart says, Why, it's only natural, man. She said, Nature, my good man, is what we're put on earth to rise above. <laughs> Augustinian. 
about a shoot up and to somehow try to transcend that wild eyed English engraver William Blake gives us the viewpoint we must have in his preface to the arteries of innocence where he talks about the ability to see a red and green of sand and heaven and a wildflower to hold infinity in the palm of our hand and eternity in hour. It's a different viewpoint. And it's Blake also who said that the five senses are the inlets of the soul. In our Western Augustinian thought, in our Cartesian spirit, we see that that which is non-rational is dismissed as irrational. We see that which is invisible, non-material, as immaterial. Patriarchies need to overcome nature, to overcome mother. We've had a devaluing of mother earth and mother nature in our bodies, matter, material. I suspect it was necessary in the evolution of all things that this was important for the evolution of consciousness. And it's center of the ego. But the ego with the inflation of consciousness and the hubris there by the ego has begun to confuse itself as being the center of psyche. And so the ego has such a limited viewpoint of history. It has separated itself from soul, from essence, from centrality. And there's a kind of loneliness in each of us about that estrangement, about that split. If religion's about anything, it seems to me that its etymological roots and fullness of its purpose, legale means to connect, like a ligament. Relegale means Evidently, something's broken or estranged or alienated that has to be reconnected to be bound back together. And so, of all the splits, I hope that religion would reconnect or rebind that split between our souls and bodies, between our body and mind. Our bodies must really love us uh, to put up with the attitude that we've taken toward them and the abuse we have given them. It's difficult to be an urban animal, is it not? The pressure which is external, time, in this capitalistic society, we value time like money. We spend time, we borrow time, we save time, we buy time, 
But it's a pressure for all of us, and it's external. Whose idea was it to break the sun and the moon up into these small little increments? Doesn't time ruin your day? Have another glass of wine. We have all the time there is. I think the only sacred text was written when they broke it up into chapter and verse. It doesn't read like a story. Who was it that broke our days up into these little bitty increments that we place value on? The one exception would be my personal fee for an hour's time. <laughs> Pressure is external, and by the time it gets into our psyche, it's called tension. Tension simply means that energy that runs back and forth between polarities. Pressure, external, comes into the psyche as tension. Intention is the energy that runs between polarities because we now know opposites and we do have choices and we have to decide. And decide comes from the same word as homicide and suicide. That for every choice made, it's both death dealing and life dealing. And I either say no to me and yes to you with every decision. Or uh, maybe you yes to me, homicide, suicide. I must decide. That's tension. And life is full of pressure and tension. Yep. And by the time that tension gets into my body, it's called stress. If religion is about anything, wouldn't it be about relieving the pressure, ameliorating the tension, and eliminating the stress? What kind of doctrine or dogma would create pressure and tension and stress? Stress, probably is the greatest contributor to contemporary illness. Whatever we mean by a psychosomatic illness, we mean that the ideology or genesis of the illness began as a psychological problem and ended up in the box. Here is complex theory, this theory of complexes, Positive that each complex has a body component that it will somatize itself somewhere. And so most of our illnesses are psychogenic. They begin as a psychological problem, pressure, tension, and then by the time it gets to our body, it's stress. And stress erodes the immune system. It makes us more vulnerable to both somatic as well as psychological problems, illnesses. You meditate to that when you're little. 
And if you get tired lying down, you're going to get sick. It's that simple and that profound. Celebrate our body, 
enjoy our body, but it's more important to be our body. It occurred to me, I don't have a body, I am my body. And it's that attitude about one's body that I think leads to wellness. To celebrate the fiesta of the body. Linda Gray writes about it in her poem, there's a sweetness in it. The sap rises in the maple each spring after the squeeze and release, squeeze and release of winter. The spirit rises up into the face of a shepherd, light shining on his clothes and legs and sheep and ground, or the stranger standing nearby. Bodies, light, sap, our language. The body and the spirit. Would God put himself into the body of a man if what he wanted was to escape from the body? What if God had wanted the tree to blossom simply because it would be covered with purple flowers without leaves, as I remember seeing in Nicaragua? The raised arms of a shepherd, the light laughter at the horizon of black hills, moonlight falling passionately on the stranger passing the roadside gravestone. God trying to get down to squeeze him in the dark. God cannot stop. God is always sees the black bar the crescent moon is holding, sees the old tree bent over by the storm in a field of wheat, lit up like the ocean. His grip is suffering. Revelation is the release. The sap rises up, the man and beast and all things vegetable, plants and animals do it even better. It's what we're born to do. Really, we're celebrating or shining more immediately than men do. But God loves us more because of the dread and seeking that we contain. He loves our lostness because it is by loneliness and sacrifice, our body and soul together, that the thing God is can exist. We are the stone that is sacred. The way we make love with each other is the collision, the collision that makes God's face shine, makes a sap rise. God squeezes and releases like winter ending and the sap rising. Would God put himself into the body of a man, if what he wanted was to escape from the body. This is my body. God is love, says this tradition. And those who dwell in love dwell in God, and God in them. God doesn't know the difference between soul and body. Why should we make such a distinction?
Thomas was about an attitude, not a fact. Awareness is an attitude one takes toward one's place in life. One can be well even if sick. I suspect each of us has some disease at all times. As I'm fond of saying, if somebody called my office and said, I need to come in to see you because I'm well, I would call for a medical counsel. I decided several years ago, when anybody asked me how I was, I would tell them that I was well. The attitude I take toward my life, myself, my body, I'm well. An analysis of mine, in the midst of the analysis, recurrence of metastatic cancer. And one of the nice things about employing me is now is to also realize I can marry better. And I love you so much, I hope mine is the last voice you hear. I was fortunate enough to work with her with her funeral plans as she got well in preparation for her death. And as we wrote together in her obituary in my office, she said, and how should we end it? And I said, write this, she died well. So, thank you for this banquet, this sumptuous feast, this opportunity to dine together, to drink a little wine, to share a thought, to invite the transcendent to be translated into the imminent in our food, in our conversation, in our bodies. These five senses, this sensorium that allows us to experience the holy as near as hands and feet. And thank you for coming to be at table to experience God in our food and our love. I hope the time never comes when we don't remember the tender mercies and divine grace that God has given us by inviting us into the human experience and giving us a body by which we will know God.